Well, hello and welcome to the next episode of Pegasus Radio. And today, this is going to be the first of a short mini-series on me giving advice to you specifically about the kind of organization you are in. So this first one is going to be if you are employed by a small consultancy, probably with one office, and this is going to be specific to you about some of the questions you need to be asking yourself, essentially. Okay, so I'm going to assume you are in a business of, I don't know, anywhere up to 20 people. And so you've got one office in the UK. Obviously, the business is owned by a number of partners or directors who have equity in the business. So the very first question, I think, the most important question you need to ask about this organization is what are the growth plans? Does the business intend to grow? Is it growing in terms of headcount? One of the key bits of advice I give to anybody is you can be the very best individual at what you do in life, but if your business is not growing, you're fundamentally going to hit a glass ceiling at some point. Now, if you're fairly junior in the organization, you've probably got two or three promotions in you before you actually hit that glass ceiling. So let's say if you're an assistant or grad surveyor now, yes, you may go up to surveyor level, then up to senior. At that point, that's when you may hit a glass ceiling. So is the business growing? And don't just take the words of the senior manager on this. Just look at it. You know, you know, look at the actual nuts and bolts of this scenario. So a good ways you can establish this is, firstly, A, yes, does it sound like there's a vision or a plan for this organization? Are the senior management saying there's a genuine plan? Do they look like they're ambitious to grow the business? Look at it structurally and say, look, the business is a headcount of 20 now. Was it a headcount of 20 a year ago? Was it a headcount of 20 two years ago, three years ago? If the answer to that is pretty much yes, maybe there's been a bit of fluctuation, maybe someone's left and been replaced, or maybe they've added another couple of people. Fundamentally, if that number is only really flexed by, you know, let's say in a business of 20, gosh, that could be, you know, as much as 10, 20% and still not really be a lot of flex. That's only, you know, a difference of two to four people. If that business has hovered around that kind of same number for the last few years and hasn't really done any recruitment in 2021, given that 2021 has been an amazing year for the industry, if that number has stayed the same, then it probably tells you the story you know, it already tells you what you need to know. It's almost irrelevant of what the owners of business are telling you. Uh, unless you're very confident that something has structurally and seismically changed in the business um, in 2021, then I would be saying, look, if there's no change in that number, then the business is not growing. If the business is not growing, I repeat again, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to hit a glass ceiling at some point. So that's the first thing I would be asking if it's a small organization. But then the second thing I'd be looking at is, you know, how old are the equity holders of the business? If they're knocking on a bit, if they're getting close to retirement, they're not going to impact you in a couple of ways. I think, firstly, they're probably going to be risk averse because they, frankly, don't necessarily want to risk the pot of money they probably got, the capital value they probably got in the business. So, firstly, they're probably going to be risk averse, which fine for them. It's their business. It's their choice. Where does that sit with you? How does that suit you? But secondly, what will happen with the business? Have they got plans for others in the business to be given equity? Do they intend to be bought out? Are they looking at one of the other various kind of equity schemes out there to maybe give people the opportunity to get equity in the business? Is there going to be a management buyout? Or are they just going to close the doors, which could happen as well? You probably need to understand this and work out what that means for you. You know, So for example, it could be that the people who are destined to take over the business are actually people you really buy into, who are you think are visionary, you think will definitely grow this business and will be a great place to stick around if they're the ones who, are, who end up being the equity holders of the business. Alternatively, you could be thinking, bloody hell, the people who are going to end up getting equity in this business, I either don't like, I just don't like them as characters, I, I can't buy into them, or frankly, they're just useless and no good, 
and you're not convinced about them taking the helm of the business and moving it forward. You need to decide that one because if fundamentally you're starting a business that you know there's going to be a significant change in two or three years, you need to decide whether you think that change would be a positive or a negative. And if it's going to be a negative change, then frankly, what are you sitting around for? Because you're doing two or three years, you're going to get there. Business is going to be not in great shape and you're going to end up leaving anyway. You may as well move now and be in an organization where you're building your reputation, relationships, et cetera. So I think that's something to seriously consider. Let's say the business is not necessarily, there's not going to be any change soon. You know, the equity holders, partners are still, you know, they've still got another 10, 15 years on the clock. That's great. Or maybe a little bit less than that. But generally speaking, you know, you'd feel it's still a very stable organization. Is the business future focused? This is a bit of a sweeping statement, but I generally tend to find that the smaller consultancies, the ones kind of certainly say sub 30 staff as a general statement, and this is not correct of every organization. I work with some excellent organizations who I think are very future facing, but a lot of the smaller ones, especially where there's not a lot of growth, tend to, in my opinion, be more traditional in nature in terms of their service offering. They are the kind of businesses that generally don't invest in technology to make their people's lives easier and make them more efficient. If that is the case, and you're in a business that is not kind of investing in the future, is not investing in, you know, if let's say if you're a QS firm, not investing in the right kind of software takeoff um, technology, you know, something like Costex, et cetera. If they're not doing that, if they're not investing in other areas of technology to improve your productivity, then you need to worry, frankly. Technology is changing every industry, every facet of our lives, frankly, at one heck of a pace. And if you are still in a business that you think is still offering a very traditional service, then frankly, you do need to be concerned about that. I do think that change is coming and I think it's happening more rapidly than we all understand. I think if you think the business is very happy still offering a traditional service and will be doing for the next five years, then frankly, that should be a massive red flag to you and you should consider leaving the business and going to a business that is more future facing. I think the biggest one for individuals sat in a small business, I get that a lot of small businesses probably on many levels, are quite nice places to work. You know, it almost feels like a family. I mean, heck, you know, Pegasus is a small business. Pegasus is only, Pegasus is sub-20 staff at the moment, albeit we are growing. So I get the attraction of a small business. But one of the key factors with a small business is that there's an opportunity in theory for you to get equity in that business at some point. What you really need to understand is what does that actually mean? What does the potential of equity within that business actually mean? What will it cost you to get equity? What are the timescales for equity? Once you have equity, what is that worth to you annually? Now, of course, I fully appreciate if somebody's an equity holder, obviously that very much varies year on year as to what the performance of the business is or does. Having said that, you can still get an idea of what you know that equity is worth to you when you get it. So when are you going to get it? What's it going to cost you? What's the value of it? If you do not fundamentally understand those kind of three aspects, then for me, you're all waiting for something that you don't know what the value of it is in, let's say, five, 10 years' time. I can't tell you the amount of times I end up speaking to equity partners, actual equity partners in, in some small practices, and they're getting paid less than you know several rooms below them on a salaried level are earning elsewhere without the stress and the risk that they're facing. So you really need to understand this if you're in a small business. You really need to get to grips with as I say, those three factors, when am I going to get equity? What's the timeline for that? What is it going to cost me to buy into the business? And what is it going to be worth to me financially? You need to answer those questions. And if not, if you don't know the answer to those questions and the current owners are not willing or not forthcoming with those, then 
at the very least, I think you need to ask yourself some long, hard questions about whether it's worth that risk, whether it's for you, whether it's for your family. I talk a lot about the compound effect. If you are underpaid relative to market, and if that continues for a number of years, then the losses you are, you're almost stacking up the losses each year that you are not earning the right amount of money. And I find this happens a lot with small businesses where people are on the promise of an equity position. And what they actually find when we speak to them, you know, some of them are genuinely shocked about how far behind the curve they are in terms of what they should be getting paid. And this is, as I say, compounding each year. Now, to an extent, that may be okay if you feel that when you reach equity, you know you're going to be earning a certain amount of money each year. You know, there is that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but you need to understand what that pot of gold is and what it really is value, what value it is to you. If you do not know that, then you've been a bit of a fool, frankly, being underpaid year on year on the promise of something that you do not know what the prize at the end of the race is. You need to get to grips with what that is. Okay, I hope that's been a useful one. I hope for all those individuals in small organisations, obviously primarily small consultancies, which is what I specialise in, I hope that has given you some food for thought and some questions you need to be asking yourself and asking the current owners of the business. Should that have created any questions you feel I may be able to give you more of a detailed answer on, then please do reach out to me. For my last point about the equity piece, I've done an entirely separate podcast on what I call the equity partner dilemma. You should really, after listening to this podcast, also listen to the equity partner dilemma one. And I'll I'll obviously link this to the show notes for this one. Well worth listening to both because that goes into a lot more detail about what you need to be considering on that subject. Okay, I hope that's been a useful one, folks. I'll move on to the next series now, which will probably be more into a medium-sized business. Okay, take care. Bye.